Welcome to today's episode of Women's Football Success. I'm your host, Lynn Marie Liberty Ellington, and I am super excited to have you here today. Today's episode is 1818. So um, 2018, this is our 18th episode of the year. I really want to take the time to, um, I'm going to kind of sum up a couple different things that are going on in women's football right now, what's to come in the coming weeks. And then talk about some things that are significant for now, for the time being, um, or this time in the season. Because I really want you guys to be able to use this Women's Football Success radio show as a tool and then go on to the Women's Football Success um, website area, use the free resources, and help build your women's football team. Help make it better, grow um, more viable, more profitable, more players, etc. So I'm really excited about um, this project. Like I said, we've been working on this project for 18 weeks now. So we started this way back um, before we started really publicizing and we haven't really started publicizing it too much yet. Um, I wanted to be able to put some content on the web website section so that you guys would have a little bit to look at when you go there. I didn't want to go and just um, start the show and um, and have you guys guessing like a lot of things um, in women's football is um, with regards to people trying to do things or start things or create things. Um, so with that being said, again, I'm your host, Lynn Marie Liberty Ellington. This is Women's Football Success, episode 1818. Really quick, a disclaimer, I am an attorney licensed to practice law in the state of Arkansas. I live in Arkansas, um, but all of the information that I provide on this radio show or um, under the Super Small Biz um, success, Super Small Biz and Women's Football Success sections um, is all business information. None of the information or the books or the ebooks or the webinars that we've created are um, anything that would create a, an attorney-client privilege or an attorney-client relationship. So if you have a legal issue, I would find an attorney in your jurisdiction that has knowledge in the area of law that you have a concern in and talk to that attorney. With that being said, all the information that we provide here is to help promote and guide your uh, women's football team, whether you're an owner, a coach, a support staff person, or a player. Um, with that being said, I've really focused on the ownership side here as the foundation of the show. And then I'm branching out into the coaching, the support staff, and the player. Um, as I go forward in the show today, I will um, include those things um, just more on a timeline basis. If you look at last week's episode, you'll see that we put in a, a calendar or a sample calendar, a suggested calendar um, to do as far as month to month what you should be doing. Now, those are minimal. Those are the minimum things that you should be doing for your women's football team month to month um, to create this um, year-long business and be able to um, create the momentum you need to build a successful women's football team. With that being said, I understand that a lot of teams um, are not doing women's football um, on a year-round basis, but it, it, that's what it's going to take to get women's football to the next level. Now, with regards to um, 
the radio show. Today I'm going to provide a couple odds and ends, um, and I'll explain here why in a minute. Um, I have a couple of episodes coming up that are more longer, uh, more longer, longer um, with regard to the topic, and I really want to get in and focus on the topic. But I wanted to provide some content today, and um, whether you noticed or not, I'll bring it to your attention. But um, I'm actually this is going to be a post dated. I'm actually recording this um, a day late. BJ, thank you very much, dear. She is going to backdate it and put it onto the radio show, but I wasn't able to get a show done um, in order for it to be put on Wednesday, and I apologize for that. Um, we've had a lot of things going on, and so with that being said, I was going to just backdate it and put it on the program, but I kind of wanted to bring it to a personal level and explain that I understand and people understand that life happens. And um, when you're dealing with women's football, um, it's like seven businesses in one, as I've talked to you about before, but you also have life and you also have your other business or your other work that you're doing. Um, this week, I just happened to have, and I apologize for this, but preparation for court um, and, and court date. And um, my husband actually got, Coach Mike got bit by a snake, a copperhead. Um, so we had to rush him to the emergency room. Um, our dog went missing. And then the next day, uh, Coach Mike uh, cut his wrist while repairing the garage door, had to go back to the emergency room. I couldn't even make this stuff up if I wanted to. And um, I don't want to throw Coach Mike under the bus, but um, yeah, so he had to go to the emergency room twice in two days this week. Um, and of course, the dog is still missing, which has been emotional for us, and, and we've been searching for the dog. So that's taken a lot of time driving around the country looking for a dog and hoping to find her. But, um, and I don't want to, you know, put you into my personal business and all that kind of stuff. But um, with that being said, I apologize that the radio show was not done in a timely manner. Um, but it was because um, life happened and um, I wish I was making this stuff up because then I, you know, we wouldn't be dealing with these things. But with that being said, um, it's really important with women's football to keep things in perspective and understand that you're running a business. The players, um, you know, as an owner, you're running a business. As a coach, you're still, you know, having to come up with plays and, and prepare for, you know, deadlines coming up. Coaches, it's not really a big deal right now because we're on the off season and, um, and you're not really sure what players you're going to have back next year, what players you're going to get um, at tryouts. For support staff, um, they may be at this point trying to create some fundraisers or, or something. Some people are just haven't even talked to women's football since July. So um, that's, that's okay. I, I don't, I don't recommend it, but some people have done that. Um, we took about uh, four, well, we said we were going to take three to four weeks off. We took about four days off, and then we were back at it. Um, people, you know, coaches already calling us with the suggestions and strategies, et cetera. But um, with regards to players, um, I'll tell you what, you know, some players just don't even start uh, getting ready until January, February, you know, probably January when practices start. But I'll tell you what, if you want to be a standout player, if you want to 
uh, contribute the most to your team you possibly can contribute. And if you want to be in the best physical shape uh, come game time, um, you don't have to do full out, you know, 110% effort at this time, but getting into shape, uh, you know, just tightening muscles, getting things worked out because, um, you know, from our perspective, and this comes from Coach Mike as well, and he can say it on his own on other shows, but um, injuries happen. Sometimes it's a freak injury or freak accident, but a lot of injuries are because of lack of uh, preparation as far as the muscles are concerned, the muscles, the joints, the body um, as a whole. So with that being said, if you are a player and you're considering this offseason, um, get out there and get some get some things going, get moving. Um, if you were injured last year, you know, really focus on um, getting healed and ready for the next season if you're planning to play. And um, we'll have some things coming out. We're actually coming out with um, a weekly workout for, you know, uh, league-wide um, so that players can be conditioning if they don't have that or if they want to add it to their regimen that they're doing. Um, it's not team-specific, so we're not trying to teach you offenses and defenses, but just physical fitness um, exercises um, that have been put together um, week by week for the calendar of the offseason, um, the preseason, and the uh, regular season. So um, we'll be getting that out here in the next couple weeks. Um, so players, uh, if they're interested in doing that, they can um, subscribe to the weekly workout regimen. So I'm going to shift gears a little bit because there's a couple different things that I just wanted to uh, touch on for this for this episode. Now, when I, we're recording this, it's August of 2018. So we're in August. So championships happen end of September or end of July. Um, we're now about two weeks into August. Um, we're already preparing for the 2019 season. For our team specifically, and I'm just giving this to you as a guide, I'm not doing it to brag or to tell you how you, you have to do it, but um, our team at the Dallas Elite is actually having their first tryout September 1st, um, which is uh, two weeks away, two and a half weeks away. And other teams within the league are also um, having tryouts in September. So I suggest if you are a team that last year, whether you're division one, two or three, if you did not have the numbers that you wanted to have, let's get these tryouts started earlier rather than later. Um, you, there's minimal expense in having your tryout. So if you can, um, if, if it's a financial thing and you're worried about having too many tryouts or the cost of having four or five tryouts, um, look at some suggestions for using parks, um, having your pop-up, your tent that you put up and a table um, and going to a park, not necessarily lined. You can measure out a 40-yard dash. You can put cones down. Um, we've done that in the past and, and it works fine. Now, some teams want to go to an actual stadium and, and do that. That's fine, too, and, and it's good. Um, it is more costly. But I just want to give suggestions for um, what you can be doing um, here in August to have your team up and running, ready to go, and uh, ready for a successful season come April. Now, um, again, there are several teams throughout the U.S. that are already you know, advertising for tryouts, 
So if you're listening to this and you're just a potential player or you you know just just kind of came on to women's football, um, you can go to the league website and look at the teams in your area that are associated with the league and um, see when their tryouts are. A lot of them are publishing them on their own websites. So you'll have to click into the specific team that you're wanting um, to try out or the specific city and state that you're um, in to try out. So each team does it differently. Each team, um, some teams require payment, sometimes teams don't. Um, I will tell you a lot of people wonder why um, teams require payment. Um, players, once they become part of a team in in our league, I'm not sure about the other league because I'm not familiar with that, but in our league, there is a fee for setting that person up on um, Huddle to be able to view everything and to register them um, with that, that programming. So um, that is not, that's a fee that goes into the those fees. It's not like um, they're making a ton of money off of all these players trying out. Um, so with that being said, um, our first tryout is set up to be free, um, and that is to encourage women that want to be part of the team to try out earlier rather than later. So that will be our only free tryout, and then the rest of the tryouts will um, will charge a fee, um, and then that will go towards um, the costs of Huddle. Um, with then, so let's kind of switch gears. Oh, hold on just a second. I apologize for that, people. Um, like I said, my dog is missing right now, and so we've put flyers out, so I'm answering every call that comes in, so I apologize. I'll pause when that happens, and I don't mean to get too personal with you <laughs> with regards to the radio show, but um, again, that I'm doing this during an hour, and if these calls come in, I'm going to take them. So let's get back on topic with regards to women's football. Um, so a lot of teams are having tryouts now and getting that word out there. It's really important. A lot of people don't realize that in order to get 10 girls on your team, you probably need to recruit or try out 30 girls, which means you need to talk to about 300 girls to get 30 girls to your tryouts, okay? Um, now those numbers, I puffed up the 300, but if you think about that, that means you need to get on Facebook, you need to get out in the community, you need to go to places where women are wanting to be physically fit or love sports or both, okay? So with that being said, I'm going to kind of um, get on to my other topic for this week, which is um, visibility of your football team. Now, um, I'm going to just put a couple things out there because... Um, it's really important that teams understand um, how important it is to be out in the community um, and be visible. So, and I keep using the word visible because I'm actually looking at a book right here called Visibility Marketing by David Averin. So I've been reading this book. So um, as a business owner, whether it's women's football or whatever, um, I'm a lifelong learner. I feel it's very important to be up on um, business topics. Not only that, but I do business consulting. So um, it's very important um, to know what the trends are and what things are working, what things are not working. So 
Um, just a little bit on basic business. Um, a lot of people in women's football um, have no business background. Um, some people have a, a an extensive business background. Some people have a business background, but it's not the right kind of business background. So um, it's important that women's football team owners and support staff understand that um, things and resources that people are looking at from even five or eight years ago, some of them are completely obsolete. Now, basic fundamental principles, most of those are still intact with regards to you need to market your business for people to know about your business. That's that's a fundamental principle that um, women's football teams need to um, be doing. And I will here later in the show, I'm going to um, apply that principle to the players. So if you're a player and you're listening to this and you say, hey, we're getting too much into team stuff, um, that's fine. But if you stick with me, the concept will come back around and I'll tell you why, because women's football players want to be paid to play. And this all get, goes into the what I call the circle of life in, in this women's football uh, area or industry. So with regards to marketing, marketing is still probably the number one thing with regards to the success of your women's football team. That in the last six, eight, 10 years has shifted. Now the shift a lot of people think has been very slow, but when you look at it over time, from when businesses started 100, 200 years ago, the change in marketing over the last 10 years has been very quick. What you could do 20 years and 30 years and 40 years ago pretty much stayed the same. But with the introduction of the internet, um, things are moving quickly, people are looking for more information, people are getting more educated, people. Um, are able to um, research and understand different things. So it's very important that you market your business, but today's marketing is different than marketing 10 years ago. Now, some of those principles, some of those things can still work that you did 10 years ago, but very few of them, very few of them are working. So um, that's kind of the basic fundamental part of business that I'm going to talk about, but um, I really wanted to get into this because, um, and there's just a couple pages here that I've been reading that I think he, Mr. Avrin in Visibility Marketing, and I, I, I don't get anything from this book, I don't, um, uh, but I, I read about four to six books every two weeks because I really, you know, a lot of information and I, and I like to have information constantly coming in as far as business and law and uh, women's football, etc. Constantly coming up with ideas, which is what um, women's football teams should be doing um, in this time where we're um, trying to create change and um, innovation. There's there should be constant uh, brainstorming and ideas. Um, and I apologize. I'm actually in my um, law office right now. I don't, I'm downtown Russellville. There's a train station. I'm not sure if you can hear the beep, beep, beep. Uh, there, that's a truck reversing because there's a restaurant right next door called Fat Daddy's Barbecue. It's probably one of the best, but 
uh, shout out for small business. Um, so you're hearing that in the background um, if you if you are or not. Um, so with that being said, this book goes into and says things very clearly. And so I thought um, it would be a great way for me to um, talk to you about how important visibility is in women's football. So historically, um, so we started in women's football about 10 years ago was our first touch with women's football. And um, since then, again, the internet um, has changed. The, the way to contact people and connect with people has changed and the way to advertise and market your business has changed. It's very important that people realize if you're looking at the number, I don't know, I don't know if all of these teams, uh, the teams do this, but um, in my business, I go and I keep track of how many people come through the gate um, how, and I have my tickets are, are color-coded. My tickets have different uh, representations on them, different um, codes. So I can tell um, which of the people, how many of the people were players' friends. I can tell how many of the people were players' uh, relatives. I can tell how many of the people were actually from outside um, that uh, didn't have anything to do with women's football. I can tell if they had to do with a promotion that we were putting on. Um, so for example, um, when we do our first responders game, the tickets are color coded in a certain way. I know that they got that ticket for a certain reason because they were a first responder. So I can determine how many people came in because of that and whether it was successful or not um, to have a first responders night. Um, and so we collect that data um, every time we have a game and we try to track that to see how things are happening. Now, I will tell you, um, the season here with the Dallas Elite this year was a little different because um, we didn't have a year to go off of. We don't have any data. We don't have any information from last year um, because of the uh, split in the teams. Um, but I can tell you from my experience 10 years ago or eight years ago, uh, the numbers that the Lone Star Mustangs put out and the Little Rock Wildcats and the Tulsa Eagles, I can tell you um, Lone Star Mustangs, the Dallas Elite, because it's the same market. So that's a comparable. Comparing Dallas to Little Rock would be different or, you know, not really a good assessment. Or Dallas to Tulsa would not be a good assessment because they're not uh, the same population. But from Lone Star Mustangs to Dallas Elite, um, the numbers are lower now than they were eight years ago. Now, of course, a lot of that has to do with the fact that um, we were cut off from our social media um, for the first um, part of our season. So we weren't able to get out there and promote um, our team and get connected with our uh, followers because they we didn't have them. So um, this season that that should be changed a little bit. Um, of course, the, the that impacted us um, in several different areas. So we're gonna have to deal with that. But just from a number standpoint, and I'm not sure if you guys can do this from your teams or if you just recall back two years ago, five years ago, what your teams were doing, but. The idea is, is that if your team has the same amount of people coming to games now as they did three years ago, 
minimal things have been working for you with regards to your marketing. If it's always just friends and relatives, then you're not getting, uh, you're not impacting the community and getting them interested in your women's football team. So I wanted to just share with you for a couple minutes um, some of the things that Mr. Um, Averin had in the front of his book. This is just, this isn't even page, like page 14. Um, and it's interesting how he talks about this. Um, and again, visibility marketing and marketing, I think he, in the beginning he even talks about it's a, it's a molded word, it's still marketing. But the idea is, is uh, grabbing the attention of your potential um, clients and customers, building your brand and getting those new people to buy in to women's football and particularly your women's football team. So he talks about the fact that visibility is the new black, is the new new trend or new thing in. Um, you know, the he talks about how visibility has morphed in the last two decades. It has it has changed, which is what I said earlier. I think it's been the last ten years has been a significant change. So people don't uh, go to the yellow pages anymore to find anything, um, and that actually morphed probably the you know newspapers and stuff morphed into like Craigslist, and Craigslist really. I, I don't even go on Craigslist anymore. It's now turned into Facebook groups or face, Facebook with common um, group names or, or topics. So uh, even, for example, with our dog, and again, I don't want to bring it up, but um, there's a group in our area that's called the Yell County Lost. Lost, um, And we were able to share pictures of our dog on there and get it out to 20,000 people as opposed to going and putting 200 flyers up. Now we're st we still put flyers up, but um, I feel like the Facebook option is getting us more attention or more viewership than our 200 signs or 100 signs, whatever. But um, the book then talks about how the, the newspaper turned into Craigslist, the yellow pages have turned into Google, and taxis have now turned into Uber. Um, so if you can see, there's a shift in what people are wanting. Now they still, okay, they still meet the same demand. So when you call an Uber, you're still calling a taxi in essence, right? But it has changed because it's become technological. You don't call the taxi. You uh, do an app on your phone and get an Uber sent to you. Um, so the idea is, is that the world is changing, the industry is changing, and you have to keep up with it. Women's football is the same. Even though the industry is still new and fresh, each of the teams still have to keep up with this marketing strategy and this understanding that um, visibility is significant when it comes to how many tickets you're going to sell this season and how many potential players you're going to get and how many potential coaches and people that want to volunteer and be support staff on the on the team. So um, real quick, I just want to go through um, 
he talks about different ways um, of getting visibility and he talks about that posting if you hear the word posting is the new visibility social selling is the new visibility email tweeting blogging linkedin instagram facebook and then of course face to face is the gold standard of visibility. Being able to be one-on-one -on -one and talk to people about your product or service is one is the gold standard for visibility marketing for your women's football team. Now let's talk about that real quick, okay. When it comes to visibility for your women's football team, um, posting, social selling, email, tweeting, blogging, but a lot of times the teams feel that this is put on one person, the marketing director, the marketing person, and this is such a wrong viewpoint, it, it really is hurting your team. If you have 40 players, you have 40 visibility marketing people on your team. Each of those players should be and should be encouraged or required or some sort of uh, limitations or, or standards set that they have a story about them, that they talk about themselves, that they're on radio, that they're out in the community, some sort of visibility, whether that's posting, social selling, email, tweeting, blogging, Instagramming, Facebooking, or face-to-face -face connections with other people. Right? So this includes support staff, this includes coaches, owners, and players. Visibility marketing is so important to women's football, and we just we just haven't gotten there yet. People aren't even thinking to this level yet. So hold on one moment. Sorry again. Um, still looking for my, my pet, so if anybody hears about it. Um, anyways, let me get back to that. So visibility marketing is so important and a lot of teams aren't understanding that they have potentially 30, 40, 50, 60 marketing personnel on their team. And that should be in some form or fashion a requirement or a necessity. Now here's where I get to players, okay? having to do with visibility marketing and the visibility of a football player on a team, not only do you want a positive message going out there about your football team, right? You want a positive message going out about your players. Now, in order for players to get to a point where they're getting paid, there has to be visibility of the players. And that cannot be on the shoulders of the owner. The players have to take responsibility for their own visibility. And that, in essence, creates more visibility for the team. So if you have 40 individual people working on visibility of themselves as a part of one team, can you imagine the potential of how many people that's going to hit? Now we talk about you know some some of the teams to say hey go sh go on there and share the post that we just put with your friends. If forty players have three hundred friends each, can you imagine how many people that's going to hit? 
Um, so it doesn't just hit the 3,000 people that like your page. It's going to hit those 3,000, and then it's going to hit another 1,200 minimum. I'm sorry, 12,000 minimum other people because of your 40 players. The, um, hold on, let me take a drink real quick. Sorry about that. So when it comes to visibility marketing, I call it this big uh, cycle that, yes, it is super important for women's football teams to create this visibility, but it is even more important for the players to create visibility if they want to take the understanding of being a woman football player to the next level, right? I hope we all can agree on that because I it there is such huge potential for this to work that if the players and the teams get together on this, it can be huge, okay? Now, let's take it another level from just, you know, okay, so let's say that we have five players on one team that are really focusing on creating this as their little side business of being a paid player, potentially being a paid player. It's going to do minimal, it's going to have minimal effect. It's, you're not going to, we're going to be continuing to um, run in this hamster wheel that we've been in because we're just not catching that much traction. So one team having five players do it or one, or in a league of 50 or 60 teams where only four teams have everybody doing it, we're still not getting enough traction. So it can't be just one player or five players. It can't be just one team or five teams. It has to be a significant amount of teams creating visibility for a significant amount of players in order to create this visibility of women's football. And once we have that visibility, people will start to recognize it. If you go back and look at the posts here in the last couple of weeks of the um, Boston Renegades um, that were actually tweeted, the New England Patriots tweeted good luck during the game and it was posted on the Jumbotron in Atlanta. Super cool. But then after they won the game and sorry to the LA Warriors because they lost, but they, they put up a good fight. Um, but then the Boston Renegade went back to Boston and the New England Patriots po posted about it there. Um, and then also other news media in Boston um, promoted it. But if we can gain that much traction from other places besides just Boston or just one team talking about it, but consider how many people are following the New England Patriots that just, just now found out women's football exists and it'll it'll spread those new england patriot fans there's a lot of them in different areas there's going to be some in dallas there's going to be some of them in florida there's going to be some of them in michigan whatever so there are people that not only in boston saw that but just discovered women's football last week so that's a pretty exciting thing i think um and i think that teams need to understand that if we work together we can really get this done um, we can follow this little push with a much bigger push um, if we all work together in the 2019 season. So let's talk about, um, let's get down to um, differentiating 
marketing and planned marketing. Because when you're trying to be visible, if you're trying to create visibility for your team, you, a lot of times, what we call in the legal field, lay people or in the business arena, novice. When novice marketing people go out there and try to market, they are just kind of throwing darts at the wall or um, going and putting a message out here and a message out there and um, not really creating a, a solid message, a fluent message. Um, so I want to go back to this marketing foundation that people understand that marketing is good. So getting out there and letting people know about your organization is a good thing. However, you are doing yourself a disservice or you are wasting time or you're not being as productive as you could be if you had a plan in your visibility marketing. So um, I'm not here to you know, give a lecture or give a, um, a class lesson on how to set up your marketing plan. Um, I do do that on the, uh, in a different area with business consulting, but the idea is, is whether you've done it before or not, is to sit down and think about your women's football team and what your message is that you're trying to put out to the community. Are you trying to put out that you have the best athletes? Are you trying to put out that you have won certain things? Are you trying to put out there that you your team is a family? Um, you need to determine what the message is that you're trying to put out in your area and create strategies, create elements that are going to connect to that message. Now, when you, let's just come up with an example. If you're trying to show that your women's football team is a family, then um, you don't have to just post, we are a family, we are a family, we are a family, because people just get tired of that. They don't really care to listen to your posts anymore. But if you first post out a picture of the team together, and then you post a picture of a mother with her child and her family, and then you post maybe um, activities where the team is getting together even though it doesn't have anything to do with football. All of those components together um, create your visibility marketing for your women's football team. Now again, one team or one player cannot do this alone. It, it requires all teams or many of the teams to do it to create that traction of getting people to know about women's football. So when I, I just want to go back and make sure that you guys understand that the emails, the postings, the tweetings, the blogging, um, those are all part of getting visibility for your team. So you need to make sure that they're congruent or they're lined up, they're connected with each other. Um, just going out and putting posts every day and stuff, that's fine, but it really doesn't create um, a marketing strategy. It's just kind of random social marketing or social posting, social communication. Um, so it's been forever since people have gotten letters in the mail or um, you call people and tell them about letters that you got in the mail. A lot of times if you get an email from somebody you're interested in, they then share that email with people. So 
there's this potential for exponential growth um, with minimal effort from your team. So, but that's kind of the small picture of visibility. The big picture is more fundamental to your product, okay? Um, or your service or your team. Um, so there, it is very important that you select specific words that you differentiate yourself from the competitors. Um, this is very important in areas where you have other teams that are competing against you, um, especially um, if people are not going out there and looking and differentiating them for yourself, for themselves. Um, it's important that you differentiate yourself from the competition in your own wording. You need to be able to, in these posts and these emails and Twitters, tweets and blogs, um, you need to give a perceived value to the customer. Not how great you are, but how the customer can benefit from being part of your team or learning about women's football or coming to a game. Um, they need to know how that's going to benefit them, not necessarily um, how awesome you are, okay? So it's about being a good choice. I'm sorry. It's not about being a good choice. It's about being the best choice. So if they have a choice between going to a soccer game and going to your football game, you need to give them reasons why they should come to your football game. If it's between going to the movies and coming to your football game, Right? You need to differentiate. If it's between going out of town and coming to your football game. If it's between going to your other team's football game in a close town and yours, you need to give them a reason why they're coming to yours. Now, um, with that being said, it's really important um, that you differentiate yourself uh, from not being one of those teams but being the only one. It's not a we, it's a you, you. So from a league standpoint, it we need to create this unity. But from a local standpoint, we need to create an us, us, we, we mentality. I don't know if I can communicate that over the radio in a way that people can understand that because that's one of the breakdowns in women's football is that teams have a hard time switching from the unity to the separation, to the non-unity. So they think that everything should, if we're all, if we're not united on the football field, we should not be united in our practices and procedures. And that's not true. Um, in women's football, there is some unity and some non-unity. There needs to be unity in the teams and how they do their processes and procedures and how we create visibility. But from a local standpoint, you need to be able to differentiate and change and create a one, a single business, a single team visibility in your area. So I hope that comes across and makes sense to people. Um, with that being said, let's switch that over and use that concept uh, with regards to players because I, I really like to make sure that um, on these women football success shows that I try to show the significance of these concepts 
when it comes to women's football, but also as it comes to the players. So the more teams that create this visibility together, the more visibility there will be for individual players that stand out. Now, of course, I tell you a lot of times, do not compare with the NFL. I love the NFL. Um, I try to watch almost every game every season. Um, but though there's a different concept working in women's football than there is in the NFL. Now, what, NFL started out very similar. Um, there was a low startup cost for the owners to buy in. Um, players didn't get recognition. They didn't get paid. Then they started getting a little bit of pay, but they still had to have other jobs. So um, it's very, very similar in that manner. People just feel that it needs to come fast. It needs to be here now. And um, unfortunately, we've been, like I said, on this hamster wheel, spinning our wheels for so long that it's difficult to see that it, it's possible. Um, but there's only a couple things that need to be changed. They're big things, but they need to be changed. And that in, that is the uh, differentiation of the unity of teams, but not the unity of location. Um, so with that being said, the players um, are the ones that need to create the visibility for themselves. If you look at NFL teams, on each NFL team, there's standout three, four, five, maybe six top guys that stand out that you know their names um, or are on a Wheaties box or have that recognition to that level or Nike, Reebok, whatever. So for people to think that everybody should get paid or that everybody should be the best or everybody should be the standout, um, it's just not gonna happen. Um, so it's the player's individual ability to create and attract visibility from the outside that is going to um, make them different in women's football. There's just not the funding available that there is in NFL Pro because they, they haven't taken notice of it. Now, there will be more funding as we get more recognition, but that's going to be um, touch and go, and that's going to be selective. There's going to be only a little bit of money, and it's going to be selective who it's given to. And I think people understand that concept when you sit down and think about it, but a lot of people get caught up in this, um, why doesn't our team have a radio show? Why doesn't our team get on TV? Why didn't our team have an article? Well, there's so many components moving in that that um, sometimes some of those 40 visibility marketers are responsible for getting that visibility as opposed to just having one marketing person trying to go out and get all that visibility. So I hope that I've established how marketing the team can exponentially impact a team. It's not only gonna affect how many people come out to your tryouts, it affects how many people watch your games, it affects how many people buy your merchandise, it affects how many people come and get stuff from your concession stand, 
It affects how many businesses and how many small business owners recognize that they want to connect with your organization and become partners and work with your uh, team. So it this visibility marketing or this marketing that is getting your name out there is so important to all those concepts that it will affect your business um, 10 times what it, you think it will. So I really appreciate you guys taking the time to uh, listen to this show. Like I said, it's kind of a mishmash of, of different concepts. Um, I talked a little bit at the beginning about the calendar and what should be going on. Um, I talked about how some teams are starting to have tryouts, so get connected with the league. Um, it's very important that you guys make sure that you um, check out um, teams. Now, I understand that there's teams starting up in other countries. I mean, it's just really expanded around the world. I mean, Europe, um, Mexico. Um, my understanding is, is that there's several leagues starting or have started or trying to start. Um, even just in Texas, from my understanding, there's like eight teams. Um, they're all in different leagues. Some of them don't have any leagues that they play in. They just play independent games whenever they get invited to a game. Other teams, um, their Facebook or their Instagram or whatever, looks like they were around last year, but they might not be around this year. You just don't know. So it's very important when you see some communication from a team that you vet the team. A lot of people haven't heard that word before, but basically that's researching and making sure that it's a legitimate team, that it is playing in a league, if that's what you're wanting, if, that they do play games, that they do play a regular season and a postseason. Um, you can check out teams and see, you know, if there's, there's a small league, my understanding is that they only play like within 50 miles of each other, kind of like men's semi-pro. So it's more of a rec league where they go to parks and play cross, uh, like cross town. Um, there's other leagues that are popping up that are more like a bikini league, not the LFL. The LFL is different. Um, and, you know, they rebranded and everything. And they do, LFL does arena. Um, and I didn't plan on getting into the specifics of all the different stuff, but since I'm on the topic and this is kind of a miscellaneous show, um, I can go ahead and tell you. So, for example, LFL is the bikini, you're in shape, you audition, um, and you that's one one person owns the all the teams in the league. Um, and they they have rules and, and things that you have to abide by. That then that goes all the way down on the other end of the spectrum, you have um Bikini leagues that are playing recreational, they wear like uh, spandex shorts and a bikini top and shoulder pads and a helmet. Um, and then there's in between that. Um, our football for women's football success, what I focus on is full contact, tackle football. We play by NFL rule or NCAA rules. And then, um, you know, we use a smaller ball because a woman's hand is smaller. And um, it's been around about 60 years. It's very important that you check out if you see a tryout or you're interested in becoming a part of a team or doing business with a team, you need to research that team, 
not just from what the team's saying, but from what outside sources are saying. So if you hear that there's a tryout, call the league and ask if that team is associated with that league. If it says that there's a team that was established in 2017, call the league and ask them, are they playing in 2018? Did they play in 2018? Are they playing in 2019? So there's a lot of change that goes on in women's football every season. So make sure that you're not taking on old information and, um, or let's say, listening to old information or using old information to make decisions in 2019. Because some of the businesses and some of the people um, and some of the teams aren't associated with who they were associated with before. So make sure you take the time to check and see who you're talking to and, and what they're doing. That's about all I have time for today, but um, I really wanna make sure that um, players and potential players know that they need to check and see what teams are doing tryouts and get your butts to those tryouts, start stretching practice, get ready for the tryouts, go to those tryouts and become part of uh, a team in your area. You guys have a great day today. Um, this is Women's Football Success. I'm your host, Lynn Marie Liberty Ellington, episode 1818. Um, you're welcome to go to our Facebook group, Women's Football Success Facebook group, and um, join, and then we will put you in through admin. It's a closed group. Um, and then also, if you want, our Women's Football Success uh, website is part of uh, Super Small Biz. So I... I'm not only an attorney, but I also do a business consulting and I specialize in super small businesses. So um, that's businesses that have generally less than 10 employees, have possibly hundreds of volunteers, but usually have zero to 10 employees. So that's what I work with um, on consulting. And so I've made Women's Football Success a page of that website so I didn't have to create another website to just focus on that. Now, once we get momentum and get it built up, I may switch it over to its own, its own website. In the past, I had created uh, football for women, football, the number four women, um, dot com. And it was actually a publication that we did a newsletter where we collected things from all the different teams and, and promoted it and put it up there. Um, but we had difficulty getting people part, you know, getting the teams to send us the information about things that were coming up. So it was very difficult to um, uh, monitor and keep the content going. So we closed that down um, years ago. Um, but so that's why women's football success is a part of super small biz for now because there's no reason to create more work. We want to make things focused and streamlined before we expand and, and spread out. So again, I really appreciate you guys um, connecting with us today. Um, if you have any questions about women's football, feel free to hit me up. Um, you can go to my personal page, Lynn Marie Liberty Ellington. Um, you can go to my email, libertyellington.com, or you can go to any of the Dallas Elite Women's Football at gmail.com um, and, and get connected with me, and I'll do my best to answer any questions or get you to the person that can answer them. You guys have a great week. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.